welcome to another episode of Coaching Consultant Experience. This is Dr. Q. I'm so happy to have you here with me today for another important podcast discussion. Today, I would like to discuss the topic of burnout prevention and burnout recovery, two very separate things. This is something that is most commonly being discussed currently during this pandemic and just the challenging times that we're living through. Sometimes we may belong to organizations that may view burnout as normal. It's part of our productivity, part of our high performance on one extreme of the spectrum, or on the other end of the spectrum, it could be a topic that is just difficult to have courageous conversations around. There is growing evidence that burnout is on the complete opposite end of what many of us are familiar with, stress. There are certainly many effects of burnout and the complications of burnout that can be challenging to overcome if we do not address the issues head on. So during the majority of our careers, we're not really trained to discuss, you know, what are the warnings and red flags that comes with burnout? We essentially don't learn anything about burnout and the importance of work-life balance, which is something I've discussed in one of my previous podcasts. So let's focus on some of the prevalent burnout symptoms. And again, these are just some notable signs you may experience, and it's extremely important to pay attention to. The first one is exhaustion. That sense of inability to freely create or to perform as you normally do. Number two, lack of being efficient. Again, inability to focus. You may even find yourself having short bursts of attention and inability to complete your task. And the third one is disassociation. That feeling of just being on the edge Um, And really, it starts affecting your relationships in the workplace. You have lack of proper interpersonal skills and ability to to lead teams if you're in a leadership position. And so these, again, are the top three that I would say are burnout symptoms that you should pay very close attention to. Interestingly, recent data and statistics tell us that roughly 30 percent of workers are experiencing burnout in 2020. And what does this do to any individual in their career? Well, it simply results in detrimental outcomes of inability to feel self-fulfilled or to have a clear self-purpose. It can further hinder our reflective practice where we ask ourselves powerful questions such as, number one, what is my mission with my organization and how does this unique mission align with their overall mission? If you take this a step further, Secondly, you could ask yourself powerful questions such as, what are my unique contributions to this organization that will continue to fuel my success? Two very powerful reflective questions that we could be asking ourselves, but if we're feeling the burnout, we don't have that clarity to be able to ask ourselves these questions. So I would like to focus on a special topic in burnout for this podcast. And I would like to focus on burnout in healthcare systems and what that looks like. Healthcare workers, administrators, leaders, and staff members that are an extension of the health system will display at times some, if not all, of the three symptoms we discussed previously, which were exhaustion, lack of efficiency, and disassociation. So let's try to break this down in categories as examples. For leaders, which includes C-suite executives, vice presidents and director levels, academic deans and provosts, etc., are typically responsible for the expense, delivery, advancement, and other variables that will play a major role in the overall health of the system. 
Health of the system refers not only to patient care in this case, but also to staff and retention and overall culture of the organization, revenue and potential discoveries and innovations. So sometimes leaders may feel that they're just putting out fires and strategically, they're not really adding any value to the overall work and system. And this happens when they start trickling into effects of burnout. Let's talk about physicians. Sometimes their routine care for patients may be affected, which will involve the quality of patient care up front. And this could be represented as a misdiagnosis, treatments, or follow-ups, which is where the continuity of care lies. In addition, we may start noticing the quality or lack of electronic medical record charting, which is extremely important for that continuity of care piece. Sometimes though, there may not be obvious changes in the quantitative or volume of patient care that a physician carries, because as some of us may know, physicians that are employed by organizations are required to see a certain number of patients in their clinics and perform a certain number of procedures, which is known as RVUs. So sometimes the changes may not be on the quantitative side and we may only notice it on the qualitative side of patient care. But there are other effects of burnout that will be noticeable within their settings, such as mismanaging work relationships. And again, this could be work relationships with other physicians, nurses, uh, medical assistants, or really any other medical staffers. If they're leaders, physician leaders, and, and they have their own teams, the first obvious sign will be lack of team engagement. So that disassociation piece that we discussed earlier in this podcast, um, the usual morning rounds, midday huddles, and every Friday morning team meetings, for example, will be a little bit different. So let's talk about the research data. As a clinical scientist by training, I love to dig into the data and just pull evidence of the topics that we're talking about. The National Academy of Medicine in 2017 actually published a fascinating article, which clearly indicated that we should be concerned about burnout in healthcare professionals because of their following top five. Number one, easier medical error to occur during patient care delivery. Number two, this transitions to easier medical malpractice suits. Number three, decrease in quality of care that we talked about during this podcast. And an example of that would be as a metric for for some administrators is that healthcare associated infections, you'll start seeing your infection rates go up. Number four, and very concerning, patient mortality ratios will increase. And number five, last and not least, there'll be deterioration of interpersonal teamwork. So lack of communication, lack of knowing exactly the workflow process that's in place or any new strategies that have been implemented to make teams more effective and efficient. On the patient satisfaction side, there's an obvious decrease in depersonalization notice on the treating physician or any of the medical staff members. And on the administrative side, you know, you'll have this turnover rate increase. And so employees are more likely to be at high flight risk. Um, They'll feel a tremendous level of professional dissatisfaction and really reduction in their productivity. 
On the business operations side of all of this, the cost of the turnover increases substantially. There's higher referral rates from one doctor to another due to burnout and an increase in more, for example, patient tests, so unneeded tests on the patient care side. Indirectly, there may also be higher rates of medical errors like we talked about, malpractice claims, absenteeism from just healthcare workers that want to take time off, um, whether they're protected by um, protected time off or not, and lower job productivity overall where you may actually need to hire two FTEs to do one FTE's job. So how do we reduce burnout? In an ever-evolving healthcare industry, leaders must be willing to take major steps back and examine what policies or procedures are working, and if these policies or procedures should be implemented to affect everyone, for example, or for certain groups. Secondly, leaders must be willing to reduce the bureaucracy and streamline operations more efficiently. And I really think that there's you know, frustration around this at times, um, and a lot of Gallup polls that come up in health systems, it's just better streamlining the operations, more efficiency, and really reducing the bureaucracy. Some implementation ideas um, that are useful in health systems, and I think a lot of health systems have some of these, but for those that don't, is the employee assistance program, number one. Number two, having a health and well-being program. And again, I think during this COVID-19, um, 2020 world that we're living in, it would be important to have some health and well-being programs that are on site and also virtual access for employees. Number three, unplugging time. Are we giving our employees that 30-minute break built in where they can take walks around campus, for example, or navigate themselves to a nearby cafe? And again, this could be 30 minutes all in one or 15 minutes in the morning, 15 minutes in the afternoon. But having that time to step away and do something different for a couple of minutes is very important for refueling yourself and getting through the day with a clearer mind. And fourth, most importantly, is professional healthcare coaches. So partnering with professionals that can help navigate leaders through the blur and develop insight into what the real challenges are and how they should tackle them is important. This can further enhance the performance that they're seeking in their organizations. And at the same time, it's important to note that working with a healthcare coach um, not only guides you towards creating and realizing your goals as a leader, but it can also better align you with your self-purpose and mission that we talked about earlier. What are some ways to reduce burnout directly for a healthcare worker? Number one, having those one-to-one -one meetings that I've discussed in some of my previous podcasts. This could be with your direct report if you're in a leadership position or with your team. If you're not in a leadership position, think about gaining insight from your boss, perhaps on your performance weekly. Because again, real feedback on how you're doing and how you can improve is really crucial. Secondly, working close with a calendar. Make sure you're utilizing a tool where you can put all of your meeting tasks and reminders in one place. It's really, really important, I stress this all the time, to simplify and organize your schedule as much as possible. Number three, are you feeling the burnout because in fact you are ready 
to take a step higher for more autonomy. If you think you are, then challenge yourself for a more professional growth in the workplace. And number four, building a healthier work-life balance. Do things outside of work that do not involve taking care of work-related items. Start by working on things you like that involve self-care. Spend more time, for example, focusing on where you see yourself 12 months from now and make the necessary changes to catapult yourself into that position. So let's talk about ways to reduce burnout on a global scale where it's an equal partnership between the organization and the employees. There should be a level of global commitment in the organization to tackle potential burnout. All departments should be held accountable and committed to providing the necessary resources or tools to ensure everyone's success. Again, the frequent check-ins, adhering to a schedule, but with built-in flexibility that will encourage short breaks, et cetera, are very important. Ideally, we would like to see employees of a high-risk burnout organization to live in the spectrum of burnout prevention and not reach burnout recovery. But work-life balance is also key. Allowing our employees to not work on weekends if they aren't supposed to is important because it gives them that time for self-care and reflection where it can provide them with opportunities to view things differently and to have clarity on their goals and how they would like to pursue them. The worst any organization can do is to instill the idea that the job is tough and employees have to just get through the workday tackling all of the hurdles and putting out fires. That statement is not acceptable. Certain roles are tough, but we have to find the best strategies and tools to manage the workload and decrease that overall burden that some workers feel. And in the end, this will keep everyone on the spectrum of burnout prevention. This wraps up this episode of Coaching Consultant Experience. Thank you all for listening. Our audience keeps growing more and more every month. Please do not forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Dr. CCE. Until then, my friends, this is Dr. Q. Keep turning those pages.